You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Teaching Tuesday, Eric, and on Teaching Tuesdays, what happens, my friend? We speak with Nancy Fitzgerald of Anchors Away and get our Biblical Worldview Question of the Week. And this week, good morning (laughs) to you, Nancy. I think I hear you back there. (laughs) I'm just giggling at you. Good morning. Good morning, Eric. No, I'm so glad that you're able to connect with us because, uh, you know, this is such an important question. We we speak about this, but I think that people misunderstand what this word means, and uh, it, it gets turned around on us, and we miss the biblical meaning of the word peacekeeper and peacemaker. Right. What is it that we need to understand about being a peacemaker? What does it mean to be one? Yes, and uh, I think this is so key, not only in our own lives, but but for the church of today to understand really what what Christ is saying here. Um, when Jesus spoke in the Beatitudes, for example, he said, blessed, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and, and we, we hear that. But it has a much uh, a deeper meaning um, than, than we give it most of the time. It's this idea of being complete, of soundness, of, of wholeness. This idea of peace is like an encapsulated uh, experience that we have where we are feeling truly complete and whole. And, and, you know, this kind of peace, obviously, is impossible to experience without Christ uh, because he is peace. He is what we're talking about. God is the very definition of good. God is the very definition of love. He is also the very definition of of peace. And we have peace not through our own efforts, but through the work of the Holy Spirit when we connect with God. And, And I think Ephesians 2 says it so well. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside his flesh, the law, with its commands and re- uh, regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace, bringing people together through his spirit is, is, is the idea here. Well, Jesus' desire is that we experience his peace. How do we define peace? Well, yes, and and we we were talking about this this wholeness, and and the thing is that that a peacekeeper strives to keep peace at all costs. Now, that's a peacekeeper, and they don't want to cause discomfort by engaging with people with different beliefs. And I and this should ring a bell to some of us. You know, peacekeepers rarely accomplish anything of substance uh, by not acknowledging wrongdoings to maintain peace. Uh, peacekeepers like to keep their distance. They, they like to keep their issues to themselves because they 
don't want to challenge anybody's belief on a subject, even if it contradicts biblical truth. They traditionally avoid being with people who are different from them because they so dislike conflict. And this should ring a huge bell for us, is that being a peacekeeper, we often think of that as such a cool thing for somebody to just want peace with people. But God didn't come to bring peace with people. He came to be a peacemaker, to to come against sin, to come against conflict when it is abruptly different outside of the realms of biblical truth. I think Proverbs 10.10 says, People who wink at wrong cause trouble. But a bold reproof promotes peace. And it seems contradictory here in a way that we must confront to be peacemakers. And if you notice, blessed are the peacemakers. God is not pleased with peacekeepers. And those people that run around just trying to make sure everybody's happy. Uh, God didn't come to make us happy. He came to save our souls. He came for truth, and we are to be truth bearers. And so I think there's a a paradigm shift here in thinking, gosh, am I a peacekeeper? Do I not confront people with the love of God and the hope and the peace that Christ has to offer? Or I just let people go their own ways because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, so often, you know, when I'm thinking about these words that we're using, right, peacekeeper, at any cost, you said, and this is so much who, where, in the beginning, I referenced this, because there's a a phrase that we like to use, it's, you know, you're either a peacemaker, you're a peace taker, or you're a peace faker, and that peace faker is, well, I'm just going to ride along with this, and I'm going to make this kind of, you know, appear and just do whatever it takes to keep that peace, right? And that is a very unhealthy place for us to be, but we know that the church is unhealthy as well. And this kind of explains why the church struggles with resolving its own issues, right? We can't even be good peacemakers inside of a church, Yes, it's because everybody, uh, you know, doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, because if you're a Christian, don't confront. Well, that is absolutely the antithesis of what God has called us to do. And I'm not talking about confronting with hate or abruptness or without listening. But this, the idea, and you're so right on here, is that the peacemaker embrace issues with the hope of some resolution here. And a peacemaker is willing to put themselves in the middle of conflict yeah. and point toward what's important, the unchanging truths of the kingdom of God. And that's the idea here, is that we speak up in love and sometimes, you know, uh, forcefully speak up. If, if you look in Acts 28, uh, where, where he proclaimed the kingdom of God, in taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness, without hindrance. And, and that's the big thing here. Peacemakers are willing to put the concerns of others ahead of their own agendas. And I tire so in churches of the posturing, this 
this push to be important, this push to be the smartest or whatever. And, and it, it is the antithesis of what God's called us to do. Look, mm. his just judgment, his justice and his wisdom are the motivating force, force behind the desire to be the hands and feet of Jesus. A peacemaker boldly lives out Jesus to Jesus's command to love God and to love others. The peacemaker isn't afraid to boldly love and boldly correct. Look, is this in sync with the word of God? And and when 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 they're dealing with the, the sensitive issues of society today, to be that bold voice of love. Yes, we have all sinned. Yes, that is a sin. Yes, they need Jesus. Mm. They don't need a pat on the back. They need Jesus. This is the idea behind this. Yeah. Well, what is what then is involved with becoming a peacemaker? Yeah, you know, I think, Eric, um, we want to be leaders. We want to have a voice. Uh, but until we know God... And until we're in the scriptures, and until we begin to understand his call for our lives, um, you know, as we read the, the scriptures, as we pray, as we begin to listen to God, because the more we know God, the more peace will we will have in carrying out his will, even through persecution. And you know what? The church, sadly, is very good about persecuting uh, with them, their own. Uh, in this infighting and all this stuff. Romans fifteen thirteen. I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace while you trust in him. When your hope will overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about. And uh, again, uh, uh, another idea here is developing a genuine, unconditional love for others. And that's the thing. Genuine love never fails. It will ride the bumps with, with friends. It, you know, when somebody goes sideways or makes a mistake or sins, so often people will flee. And this is the thing, developing genuine love for one another. First Peter one twenty two. you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love check that out sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters love each other deeply with all your heart and and again taking that the next step it takes time and we just as a church need to take time uh especially when entering relational disputes within a church or in within our family and and in all areas the idea of the Christian truly living with integrity, I'm not talking the perfect life here, but I'm living with integrity and showing no bias from one person to another is the foundation of a peacemaker. This idea of being somebody that people trust and look up to because they know that what you say, for the most part, is coming from God in from his word. And and that again in Philippians 4 8, listen to this, brothers and sisters, think about the things that are good and worthy of praise. Think about the things that are true and honorable and right and pure and beautiful and respected. 
do what you learned and received from me, what I told you, in what you saw me do. And the God who gives peace will be with you. Again, this beautiful idea of learning to think, you know, it's just not superficial Pollyanna stuff. This is thinking on those things that are true and honorable and right, which bounce us back to the very nature of God in the scriptures. And again, I think a peacemaker desires to understand and compassionately work through issues by listening and by speaking the truth to all involved. And in the end, all involved are winners. And this is just the point. Sometimes people, especially in the church, are unaware of the biblical side of their issues and to speak clearly in love on that and not cave in. And this is the problem. You know, it's okay to have conflicts as long as we work together to resolve. And somebody's take on scripture, you you know, if it's out of line or whatever, it needs to be talked about. What do you mean by this? You know, how does this reflect the scriptures? Does this come from scripture or does it come from an outside source? And begin to really work together without disputing, uh, you know, and, and just come to the point where, where there's agreement. And if not, then you're going to have to decide what you do going forward. But I think, again, Proverbs 18, the mind of a person with understanding gets knowledge. And the wise person listens to learn more. If we can get in that mode where we're listening, loving, praying together, uh, we're going to have begin to build healthy relationships, even within families and especially within churches. Well, you know, it's interesting because all of this really just points me to one place, that we should all be striving for these things, because they're all markers of the Christian life. So shouldn't we all just be striving to be peacemakers? Yes, and and that's a great point, Steve. It's We have to lay down the I want to be liked deal with the peacekeeper, you know, to put it down. Put it down. Be kind and loving to people. But it has to go that different step. Look, Jesus gave the title of the Son of God to peacemakers. God is described as the God of peace, and he desires that all of us, all of us be peacemakers. Whether we're shy, you know, or whether we're outgoing, whether we're fearful or strong in our faith, uh, or as many are just wishing to be spectators. I don't want to get involved. Well, guess what? When you become a Christian, you are involved. And the Holy Spirit will not like you to let you hide. Uh, you, you know, it, it's, it's just the way God is. He chooses you, you. He calls you. He comes after you. You make a decision. And the idea is when God calls, we are to be involved. We have voices, and we all matter to God. Your voice matters. In the Christian community, must work harder to move out of our comfort zone and be that light on the hill so that people see you. They'll see truth. They'll see something different, you know. And God, when he puts us in these positions, gives us the courage through the Holy Spirit not to give in to the pressures of those desiring to speak over or louder or get angry or whatever they do. But 
not to cave and to speak out against uh, uh, those that are, are counterfeiting the word of God. We are called to be peacemakers. And I know some are listening saying, I can't do that. Pray about it and and begin to be a listener. And when God prompts you through the Holy Spirit to say something, say it. Because people so often are not, especially in the church, they're not in the Word. And they are, so many of them are just misled. It's not that they're bad people. They're just misled. And Hebrews 13, 20, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, <clears throat> brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good, uh, everything good for doing his will. Notice his will. And for me personally, man, it's getting in the scriptures to the point where you can't be silent anymore. And that's kind of a sign, you know, uh, uh, God gives us a very sense of right and wrong uh, because we're made in this image. In yeah. church, please stand up, especially parents. Uh, when, we're, when we're parenting our kids, point out, point out the truth in, in, in how life works when we're walking with God and how it doesn't work when we're not. And again, uh, James 3.18, just to close on this, those who are people, peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. This is what God's looking for us to do every single day. Don't be shy. Speak up. If God is prompting you with truth from his word, speak up. And hopefully the church will return to a position in a community where people will seek the truth of God, they will seek shelter, they will seek, you know, a haven where they can go to and be safe and have that peace. But right now, people are not flocking to churches, and we need them to pick it up and to be the church ourselves in our life, at work, and at home. And I guarantee you, uh, people will seek you out because they're starving. They're starving for truth. Well, and this is part of what, you know, ultimately, when we see this, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Reaping that harvest of righteousness only comes through us having the fruits of the Spirit, right? I mean, that's ultimately the picture of righteousness, and we have got to be working toward this. And part of that is not to be in contention with others and to be peacemakers, such an important part of our life. This is a very valuable question. If you want to learn more about Anchors Away, I want to encourage you to go to anchorsaway.org learn about the worldview ministries. This is missing in our churches. It's missing in our personal walk. We see the influence of the culture coming against the church, and we have to arm ourselves. And this is the work that is being done through Anchors Away, to arm ourselves with the biblical knowledge of a biblical worldview so that we can stand for Christ and ultimately reap that harvest of righteousness. Nancy, thank you for this question today. I'm glad that we could be with you. Well, it's always fun to be with you, too. So blessings, and I'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life.